All right, Leon, I need 10 states. Any 10 will do. Give me 10. Okay. Uh, Maine, Maine. Vermont. Good one. Vermont. Montana, Wisconsin. Montana, Wisconsin. Texas, Florida. Texas, Florida. Iowa, Indiana. Iowa, Indiana. How am I doing? You got eight. Give me two more. California, Arizona. C-A-A-Z. Perfect. You're going to like it. Okay. The suspense is killing me. As it should, because this is the Bottle of Brown podcast. to the Bottle of Brown podcast. We are recording this on the 26th of October in the year 2023. we got a great show for you tonight. We'll be talking a little Brown news, got some top story, a little crank file. We have our hero of the week. We have some adulting. And of course, we close out with some happy times. I am your host with the most, Danny Paul. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. I would be rocking the ones and twos tonight. Joining me in the Bob Media Studios is the Baron of Bourbon, the Kaiser of Cali, the Golfer Down Under, the Liege Lord of Loathe, the Uncoventry, ladies and gentlemen. Danny, it's great to be back. How you doing, I'm Leon? psyched. High energy. Uh, I, I didn't get the opportunity on the, the pre-show, but I have a loathe just peeling away at me. Oh, I have indeed. not had to get it out. So Let's maybe, maybe it'll make in. it in. Well, let's see. Well, hopefully I have time. Let's go right into it then, shall we? Since we got to insert our loathe, you're going to like tonight's show, Leon. This is episode 93. We are recording on a Thursday. We're going back and forth between Thursdays and Fridays, but tonight, Thursday it is. Sadly, or perhaps not, depending on how you bobs out there feel, it's just me, Leon, tonight. What is your brand for this evening, sir? Well, it is Rocktober. It is Rocktober! And it's the final week of October. It is the final week. That is correct. Next week, we'll be into neat November. So what do you got on ice tonight, my friend? I've got a Rick house. House. Mighty, mighty. (laughs) Hetchy, hetchy. Hetchy, hetchy water. Very nice, sir. Very nice. Got the Rick house. I uh, have. It's uh, great on the rocks, I might add. Is it? Oh yeah. I liked it both ways. I think I'm out. I gotta I gotta pick some up. Or I gotta I gotta browbeat Mr. Jones to send me some. I am rocking what the is your brown? Kirkland Islay single oh. malt tonight. Punish likes that. Mm. It is PT Pablo, my friend. It is it I was is just gonna say, I remember it eating tasted like I was drinking a log. Oh that's what I thought. A mossy log. Chewing on moss. Oh, so good though. <laughs> but it helps that it's on the rocks because that's how it goes down. It gives you a little bite in the end. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Not bad at all, I must say. That's what she said all the time. <laughs> now that we're done talking about brown, let's uh, talk about brown. How you doing? Whiskey and whiskey. This is the darkest brown you got. Yeah. Say, Holmes, uh, where they hiding the scotch? What about um, brown? That's code for bourbon. Great stuff, this bourbon. Comes from a land called Kentucky. Talk about brown. There's a special rung in hell reserved for people who waste good scotch. Scotch? Oh, yes, I, I think so. Could I have one more of these with some booze in it, please? 
Tonight's Talk About Brown comes to us from yumly.com, Y-U-M-M-L-Y.com. It is a cooking site, Leon. It better be. People post, uh, well, yeah, good point. Yeah. Pause on that. Yeah. Okay. Mm, Okay. (laughs) It is a place where people can post recipes that they make themselves. It's very much a a community crowdsource type uh, website. It's kind of neat. Lots of interesting stuff there. You got to check it out. This particular one comes to us from July 4th, and I've been holding on to it because we are going to look at the most popular cocktails state by state. Oh, now I get why you had me pick states. That's right. So we're going to kick this one off in the interest of time. What are the most popular cocktails right now? Well, this is July of 2023. So within that context, let's take a look here. It's easy enough to compile a list of the most popular gin cocktails, the most popular whiskey, most popular vodka, and so on. The data Sharma analyzed reveals, and Sharma is the person we're talking about, reveals a different kind of list. Popular cocktail recipes with home cooks in each of the 50 states, plus the District of Columbia. Okay. While many favorites suit a particular state's climate, local ingredients, or spirits production, for instance, Kentucky's favorite recipe calls for, I'm on the roof, I need a letter. (laughs) Calls for booze? Bourbon. (laughs) Oh, of course. So why do so many states (laughs) go for spiked versions of childhood favorites? Why do Michiganders put back so many pudding shots? So on and so forth. Let's get into some top cocktails by state. Let's see. We have on Leon's list. We have, let's just do, I'm going to do, I'm going to throw DC in just for for shits and giggles because not a state, not a state. And one of my favorite episodes of the Colbert report was when he interviewed the representative from DC and he said, so you're not actually from a state. No, I am not. What (laughs) district are you from? I am from the district of Columbia. So you know, they're actually in the United States. Yes, sir. I am. Yes, but you're not from a state. Who's on first? And she said, you are the first to suggest that the District of Columbia is not in the United States. I don't think it is. <laughs> For those of you in D.C., it is the pineapple white wine slushy. Folks in D.C. must be really busy running the country because their favorite cocktail couldn't be easier. Calls for just two ingredients, white wine, frozen pineapple chunks, and a blender. Did I miss how, how these became their favorite? Did, was there some kind of like popular vote? Or? These are cocktails submitted by state. So the, okay. the people that are part of the Yumley community submit cocktails and they go and they look for the most cocktails submitted by who submitted them and what state they're in. Okay. Fair enough. Very so scientific. White, yeah, absolutely. Science! White wine <laughs> and frozen pineapple chunks and a blender garnished with a slice of fresh pineapple if you're fancy. That's interesting. That was DC. That is interesting. Let's What do we have here? So you said Maine. Maine. In honor of their tragic day today. In honor of the tragic, you know, corner of the country. Autumn sangria with apples, pomegranate, and figs. Hmm. That sounds look, awful. It sounds awful, but it looks pretty good, doesn't it? It's pretty. It's a pretty drink, but I would, I don't even know if you're eating more of it or drinking more of it. It seems, it's like one of those Bloody Marys that just got out of control. Mm. Well, apparently it's got brandy in it, so... Mm. You could use brandy or you could use cognac, but that's basically what it is, is it's all those ingredients in a sangria mm. and throw in a little brandy or uh, cognac to uh, make it uh, spicy. I do like a red wine sangria, but I like, I like the white as well. Is it the red or the white? You know, I never really got into white wine. Even in, even in Arizona? It's just me. Yeah, I don't know if it's just me. Maybe if I got wine. some really, really cold white wine, like mm-hmm. Tom from Succession, mm-hmm. but other than that, not so much. All right. If you're from Vermont... 
you like your maple candy, your maple syrup, and your strawberry sangria with you lime like sangria. and basil. The Northeast is all about the sangria. Yes, so. Vermont may be best known for snowy peaks, but summers there are downright lovely. A picture of this light, lively punch would be just the thing for watching the sun go down behind the mountains. Strawberry mm. sangria with lime and basil. Mm. All right, let's go to uh, Dutton country. Let's go see what's going on in the great Yellowstone state. Leon wanted Montana. The folks up there in the mountains like the Presidente. In Big Sky Country, residents appreciate a cocktail that looks like a gorgeous sunset and tastes like heaven. The Presidente is simple, but very, very delicious. Put lemon drop cocktail mix or lemon juice and simple syrup, light rum, dash of dry vermouth, shake under ice. Strain into a martini glass and add a little grenadine. That's look like a believe. tequila sunrise in a, in a martini glass. It looks like a tequila sunrise in a martini glass. And when I think Montana, this is the last drink, I think. There's, but I guess, uh, no disrespect to Yumley, but I'm starting to figure out who your clientele are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm guessing cowboys don't post recipes on cooking sites. Yeah, that's that's why. So if thinking. it isn't the banquet beer, it's the Presidente. All right, here we go. Let's bring it down to the bottom towards the lovely Wisconsin. And one of my favorite jokes about Wisconsin is, how do you stage an intervention in Wisconsin? Haven't seen you around the bar lately. <laughs> okay, this this one's getting closer to the mark. In Wisconsin, it's the easy brandy slush bucket. Okay. This just looks like it comes right out of the machine. Ooh, fun fact. Wisconsinites drink more brandy per capita than any other state of the nation. I'm actually, I was surprised, I'm surprised to see this because... When I went up to Mon, or I'm sorry, Wisconsin, for uh, a couple events I had to go up to, there's two things that are very prominent, and that is Friday fish fries and cheese curds. Like they're everywhere. Cheese curds, for sure. Yeah, they're everywhere. Friday fish fries are. But new. one thing I noticed is they were also seemed to be at least the places we were frequenting had some kind of silent competition for who had the best Bloody Mary. And they, like I said before, <laughs> there was more food and accoutrement in the drink than there was actual drink. I, I'm going to send a picture to you so you I can post I do remember you telling me that. I do remember you telling it me was, that. I mean, they had cheese curls and bacon and a boot. Oh, yeah. The and, Bloody Mary with the big bacon sticks coming out. Yep. Oh, God. I man. remember that. I remember that. Wisconsin ice drink right. more brandy per capita than any other state in the nation. This recipe makes a <laughs> full gallon. Enough for almost any party. Wisconsinites like abundance. Uses two full cups of brandy along with both frozen orange juice and lemonade concentrate, sugar, and peach schnapps. And it looks like something out of the uh, Slurpee machine. I would. I'd try Not bad, though. I'd do it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's get to the Lone Star State. Oh, look at that. Texas likes uh, the white Russian. Yeah. Another Caucasian, Gary. The dude. The dude abides. Deep in the heart of Texas, this creamy vodka and coffee liqueur spiked drink has captured countless fans. They particularly enjoy this version, which adds Amaro, the Italian liqueur, for something more nuanced and less sweet. The dude abides. There's milk in this? <laughs> that was for you, Uncle Polly. Oh, Uncle Polly. <laughs> All right, let's see. We're rounding third here. Let's get to great state of Florida. Boss, boss. Oh, you had it there. Well, that was in comparison to Florida, so we may have to go back and find out who that was because the great state of Florida likes them some coquito. Oh, there you go. You know what a coquito is? I have had a coquito, yes. I do not. I don't think it looked like that, but yeah. (laughs) 
The Sunshine State has the largest Puerto Rican population in the country. Surprise, surprise. So it is no surprise the favorite cocktail comes from there. Traditionally, this concoction of coconut cream, coconut milk, warm spices, and white rum served at Christmas time like a tropical eggnog. Hmm. Tropical eggnog. Passed by George. I know I didn't call it out, but since I can kind of see it out of the bottom, I'd like to talk about it. Real quick, Georgia is Malibu Sherbet Floats. Amazing. That's something else. All right. <laughs> Airbnb touches like coconutty Malibu rum, toasted coconut, and pineapple lime orange sherbet. Um, mm. Except for the coconut. Yeah, I know you don't do coconut. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, Iowa. Ooh. Iowa is my go. favorite so far. Way to go, Iowa. Iowa is the walnut and maple old-fashioned. That's yes. right, people. Pancakes in a glass. That looks delicious. Nice little walnut shells there as a garnish. That, that looks bitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, the black walnut is the most valuable tree in Iowa. Maybe that's why residents like to gussy up a classic cocktail like the old-fashioned with a little maple syrup and a few dashes of walnut bitters. Or maybe it's simply that the two flavors complement bourbon so beautifully. Okay. Walnut bitters. That's a new one to me. Do you know that walnut bitters exists? I've only seen like blood orange. Maybe that's a... <laughs> Southern California thing. Que mm. fascinante. All right, let's go to Indiana. Oh, look at this. This one goes out to Punish and his wife, Fort Wayne. <laughs> Indiana <laughs> likes the low-carb holiday raspberry mimosa. Well, look at that. Healthy <laughs> Iowa, Indiana. I don't think Hoosiers are more prone to low-carb living than the residents of any other state, but this easy adult beverage sure is popular in Indiana. The appeal is obvious. It only calls for four ingredients, and one of them is a garnish. A little bubbly, a little unsweetened raspberry tea, and a smidge of raspberry syrup is all you need for this pretty brunch beverage. Yeah, raspberry syrup, a little champagne, and raspberry tea. Fine champagne and raspberry tea. All right, we're coming up at the end here. You ready for your steak? Going, going, back, back. Kelly, Kelly likes the blackberry smash. Come on. We're so much better than that. Here we go. We're so much better than that. In sunny California, people really appreciate a fruity but not too sweet cocktail just made for sipping on a patio. Here, you'll use homemade blackberry syrup. Don't worry, it's easy. Mix with bourbon and elderflower liquor. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. (laughs) That is for you, Leon, 100%. (laughs) Your mother was a hamster. (laughs) Your father smelled of elderflower liquor. Ah, but the last step makes it spectacular. Top off each glass with a splash of spicy ginger beer. Well, there you go. This would have been bitching for Juicy July, Leon. You got to get on this shit. Seems like a lot of work. It does seem like a lot of work. And let's finish off with, oh, how boring. My state (laughs) likes the classic Moscow mule. This is so boring. This is the most boring of all the tricks we're seeing. (laughs) I got to tell you, man, if unenthusiastic hand job was a cocktail, this is it. Arizona is the Grand Canyon state and the majestic site is known for its mule rides. So maybe that's why Arizonans like the Moscow mule so much. Uh, Busy kick from the ginger beer, bracing shot of vodka, good squeeze of lime juice. Serve it in the traditional copper mug if you can. Makes it feel colder somehow and even more refreshing. Are you a fan of the mules? I like the mules, but I don't want to say that's the signature cocktail of Arizona. Like I would like, give me like a saguaro or a prickly pear margarita yeah. or something you know something specific this is just i was uh, expecting some margarita from either one of our states anywhere you know well let, hold on hold the phone why don't we go to new mexico oh 
That's a dirty sounding drink. Dirty Shirley. Yeah. Ooh. New Mexico's nickname, the land of enchantment, makes it sound like a place where childhood never ends. Is that why they love this grown-up version of a childhood drink? The Dirty Shirley includes grenadine, ginger ale, and maraschino, but it spikes it with vodka. Eh. No tequila, no mezcal, nothing at all from New Mexico. All right, Yumley. I'd like to see the same. Did you see the mint chip one go by? What was that all about? Mint chip? Uh, The mint chip martini from Ohio. Oh, oh, that's H. all you, Leon. Oh, H. Why didn't I say it? Mint chocolate martini. Buckeyes combine chocolate and peanut butter, but the Buckeye State's favorite adult beverage puts chocolate alongside mint instead. Creme de cow, creme de menthe, whipped cream flavored vodka, half and half, and a chocolate shavings on top. The grasshopper martini is one of those drinks that falls into dessert territory. Uh, and that graphic that we saw earlier was the Oregon. Oregon does the Marion Berry gin and jam. Hmm. Uh, that was fascinating. Oh, there was a Bloody Mary they went by. I saw that too. All the stuff in it. Who likes yeah, the spicy, spicy, spicy bacon Bloody Mary? South Carolina. Okay. Good for you, South Carolina. South Dakota likes the toasted pecan old fashioned. Tennessee likes the Kahlua espresso martini. I call bullshit. No Utah, fucking way. Utah gets no the boiler maker. No fucking way. You believe You're Utah gets me, the boiler maker? Yeah, but Tennessee's not going to get a whiskey drink. Get out of here. Oh, Kentucky loves their uh, their vodka. Get the fuck out of here. Well, take and yourself yeah. over to West Virginia for the Sazerac. All right. And Mr. Jones was drinking an episode or two ago. What's Kentucky? If Kentucky doesn't have whiskey in it, I'm just going to, I'm going to dismiss this entire thing. Okay. Well, here we go. Drum roll. Let's see. Yumley, you better not let me down. Maple bourbon Aperol spritz. Okay. Well, at least you put bourbon in that, it. That sounds like a Kentucky Derby drink. Mm-hmm. That's a big hats and sundresses drink right there. Well, I thought maybe mint julep might show up too because of the Kentucky Derby, but. Of course. Yeah. Yep. So maple bourbon Aperol spritz. Let's see. Ch-ch-ch-ch. Classic Aperol spritz, Prosecco, bittersweet orange Aperol, and an orange slice with bourbon and a little maple syrup. That sounds fucking good. All right. You saved yourself. Yeah. All right. All right. Finish strong. That wraps up Talk About Brown. Let's get to our top story. News team, assemble! Let's get down, let's get down to business. And I got news for you. I couldn't figure out (laughs) whether this was adulting or top story. And so technically it's adulting, but it was worth bringing to the top of the show. This one comes from The Vacationer. It's dated September 13th, 2023. Are we dreaming? An airline has created an adults only section and the liner wow. picture is a baby crying. Mm-hmm. The article begins. Is this an American to, airline? This is a European airline. Okay. Cause they can't Horrendous. do that in the U S they can't. You, oh, yeah, no, you can't explain. Well, I think that the laws are very strict on age discrimination hmm. and it goes both ways. Most people, when they think of that, they're like, well, you can't let, you can't discriminate against the elderly, but you also can't discriminate against children. So it's, 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 it's weird because there are resorts and there's hotels and there's pool areas that are adult yeah. only. So somehow they've, they've skirted it. Just but, the planes. Uh, I feel like a, a, a required mode of transportation. I think, I don't know if they can get away with it. I don't know. Well, it's I'm the Dutch. Lawyer. Of course it's the Dutch. They hate children. You'll have to pay extra, but you could snag a seat in the adults-only section of a Corendon flight between Amsterdam and Curaçao. Cross your fingers that other airlines will implement something similar. Nothing can be worse than scoping out the passengers before you board your flight, only to learn that the family with unruly kids is sitting right 
behind you. The constant seat kicking or ear piercing, ear piercing cries are probably not the way you want to start your queer stress-free vacation. Not the word I would use. So that's why we were thrilled to hear that the Dutch airline Corendon is introducing an only adult zone on its flights between Amsterdam and Curaçao scheduled to start on November 3rd, 2023. So all of you that are hearing this right now, chances are it's November 3rd. Go book a flight. The adults-only zone on the plane is intended for passengers traveling without children and for business travelers who want to work in a quiet environment. Now, there is a quiet section on the train. Could you get away with a quiet section on a plane and assume it's adults-only? I feel like first class is adults-only. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you almost never. Nobody wants to splurge for a first who's, class Who's willing for to pay kid. the money for their kid? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The airline claims the introduction of the only adult zone will also help put parents with children at ease. We believe this can have a positive effect on parents traveling with small children who can enjoy the flight without worrying if their children make a little more noise. Yeah, it's a stretch. Mm -hmm. The only adult zone will be located in the front section of the aircraft and consists of nine extra large seats with extra legroom and 93 standard seats. The zone is physically separated from the rest of the aircraft by walls and curtains, creating a shielded environment that, quote, contributes to a quiet and relaxing flight, unquote. See above, first class. On board our flights, we always strive to respond to the different needs of our customers. We are also the first Dutch airline to introduce the only adult zone because we always try to manage expectations when travelers are looking for some extra peace and quiet during the flight. <laughs> we do not allow wooden shoes because they are too loud. <laughs> and I don't have, I have the worst Dutch impression. <laughs> we will not allow windmills. However, there is a fresh set of tulips in every seat. We can only uh, hope this will be a growing travel trend across all airlines. But until then, you can book a seat in the quiet zone for adult travelers via corendon.com, corendon.nl, and corendon.be. And I'm not really sure who is supposed to read this article, Leon, but there is a, a litany of banner ads for gay services. So maybe this is, maybe this is a gay travel site. You know what, though, Danny, I, I hate to this... say it, but I'm, I, I think that maybe they're just looking at cookies and looking at your computer and your search history that's and trying to, I do have to, to research for the show. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. So the vacationer has a, a rainbow colored pin drop mm -hmm. and there's lots of pills and half naked men mm -hmm. and the Island house is the best gay resort in the world. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> Oh, it is an LGBTQ site. Look at this. Oh, there you go. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is what the Bottle of Brown podcast is all about. No, it isn't. That wraps up Top Story. Let's get to the crank file. I could look for something in the crank file. Crank file. Whatever. Tonight's crank file comes to us from the BBC, British Broadcasting Corporation. Leon, did you know The Rock was white? Um, that's No, I, I thought he was Samoan. I did it too. But apparently there's a wax museum in Paris that knows the truth. And we've all oh. been living a lie. Mm -hmm. This one is dated uh, October 23rd, just three days ago. Dwayne Johnson has said he will contact a gallery in Paris after a wax model of him appeared to present the actor with a lighter skin tone. That's one way of putting it. Fans <laughs> pointed out the figure's skin tone was incorrect after it was unveiled at the Grevin Museum last week. The Rock shared a video from comedian James Andre Jefferson Jr. asking if the wax artist had even Googled him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. He then called on the museum to update my wax figure with some important details, starting with my skin color. 
<laughs> For the record, I'm going to have my team reach out to our friends at Grevin Museum, the Rock said on Instagram. And next time I'm in Paris, I'll stop in and have a drink with it myself. So we got a picture <laughs> of Dwayne, a little bit lower, significantly darker skin tone. <laughs> even with all the lights on him, he's still significantly darker. I mean, you can't even say that's bad lighting. That's very clearly whitewashing. Oh, yeah. No and they question. made him smaller. I mean, What's going on? Yeah, I, I'd be pissed if I were him too. Here and He's way more jacked than they gave him credit for in that wax. They must have ran out of wax. That must be it. The Rock was born in California to a black Nova Scotian father and a Samoan mother. No, I didn't know that. His dad, Wade Douglas Bowles, also a wrestler known as Rocky mm -hmm. Johnson, and was part of the first black tag team to win a WWE championship. Didn't know that either. The museum unveiled the wax figure in Paris on October 16th and says it on its website that artist Stéphane Barret had to rely on photos and videos to create the sculpture. We got to see the photos now. And if you're relying on photos... Was he using a projector? <laughs> got brightness and contrast turned way up on his system. In a press release, it says the model's eyes had to be redone three times to avoid too dark a tint, making the star's face too hard and erasing its warm aspect. Oh, oh. shadow. Mm. Mm. So when they're darker, they're less warm. Mm. Mm. That sounds a little, this is where you need the sound bar Suspect. where I can, when I can press buttons. ABC Newsbeat has contacted the Griffin Museum for comment, but not heard back. However, in a statement to Deadline, it said, Dwayne Johnson is right, and we noticed it, and we'll obviously remedy it as quickly as possible. There you go. Well, the there Rocks, you go. The Rock's representatives have also been contacted for comment. So I think we'll he handled, a, it, handled it well. Yeah, just get in there with some, uh, you know, uh, you know, wood stain or something. You know, fix that shit. I don't think you have to redo all the wax. That face looks pretty accurate. Just just give the, yeah. man, his, give the man his skin tone. Rock says no pale wax. Have you seen the shots of him all uh, dolled up as Maui for the live action Moana? I did. And I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm not a fan of those live action remakes personally, but I dig Moana in any form. So I'll take it. Yeah, me too. It's going to be good. That wraps up the crank file. Let's get to hero of the week. Tonight's Hero of the Week comes to us from DC News Now. Now, Leon, Ooh. this is not Florida, but I know you grew up with a bird, so I thought you'd find this one interesting. This one comes to us from Fairfax County, Virginia. Man with three parrots wanted for robbery. Oh, so he's he is a pirate. He's a real he pirate. He is a pirate. He has indeed a pirate. He's got the pirate beard. He's got the pirate mm -hmm. shirt. Detectives said they're on the lookout for a man with three parrots. Last seen wearing a black cowboy hat. Solved. Three is the number that I should look for. Three is the, the number. number that I should look for is three. I am Two searching not for a man enough. with three birds. Four would be right out. <laughs> <laughs> How about that guy over there? No, there's only three birds. There's only two birds on his head. Only two. There must be three. <laughs> man is accused of robbing a McDonald's. Located at 6165 Arlington Boulevard in the Seven Corners area, Fairfax County Police Department said the robbery took place at Knife Point. <laughs> this keeps getting better and better. This is awesome. This is this is the story of the year. Sir, can I help He's you? Definitely. We, we don't have bird food. Oh, a knife across the counter from me. Yes, of course. Investigators said he stole an undisclosed amount of money, then left the area in a Ford SUV. Officers said surveillance video from a nearby business showed the man who appeared to be between the ages of 28 and 32 had tattoos and three parrots. Also wore a black cowboy hat. 
They released footage and still images of the man on Wednesday. Now, this guy looks like he's having the time of his life. Yes. Police asked anyone the information regarding this case to call them at 703-256-8035. What kind of voicemails are they getting? He's cracked the code because although he is very noticeable, anybody with three parrots is non-threatening. You're just like, nope, that person's. Yeah. And you get in the car, you push the birds to the back, you take the cowboy hat off, boom. Yeah. You're a normal guy. He's got white shorts on and flip-flops. He's going to get a really undisclosed some McDonald's. I I hope this sparks a new trend because I'd like to see all kinds of different pets going in Ooh. in robberies, you know? Hashtag you bring thievery. In, yeah. This is the sloth. <laughs> <laughs> the sloth. Man with Bird. sloth robs racetrack. <laughs> Uh, well done, Mr. Three Parrot Man. That wraps up here of the week. Let's get to some adulting. How old are you guys? We're not fucking kids anymore. On a scale of one to ten, how would you rate your pain? Everything hurts. I'm a grown ass man, dog. Why pay taxes here, fucker? We're not like you. We're grown ups, motherfucker. When 900 years old, you reach, look as good you or not. Hmm? This one comes to us from foodandwine.com. It's dated October 17th. New research reveals which fast food chain has the fastest drive through and which has the slowest. Ooh, can I guess? Well, it's pretty obvious okay. which one the fast one is. Why don't you take a guess on the slowest? Subway. Sub- Subway has a drive through yeah, yeah, I've been through Subway and they're slow. With a drive through Mm-hmm. No lie. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'd also I'd I'd put uh, steak, and, mention. steak and shake in that category steak, too. Steak and steak and they always seem slow. Steak and shake, er, Leon. All right, well done. Let's see where we're at. The article begins. There are a couple of essential components to a successful drive-through run. For starters, when you peer into that warm paper bag, you want to see everything that you ordered. Next, you hope that you're not waiting in line long enough to watch all the good stuff on the for you page. The industry insiders at QSR Magazine have released the annual drive-through study sharing the lowdown on which fast food chains have the fastest drive through lines, which ones prepare the most accurate orders, and which are the friendliest while they're doing both of those things. The study made 1,491 drive through runs in June and July of this year, spreading them out between breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Let them live. Uh, throughout the United States. On average, they visited 10 different chains and placed orders at around 165 restaurants representing each chain. All right, here we go. According to QSR data, the winner is Taco Bell. Oh, of course. Fastest drive through for the third straight year. You know what? And it's also the fastest to go through your system. So it's got yeah. both of those awards. Correlation. Well done, Leon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Took customers 278 seconds to receive their orders, almost half a minute faster than Carl's Jr., which Whoa. is the next, the next speediest drive through Wouldn't have thought that. Nope. Uh, again, here's Heart some interesting ones. people on the East Coast. Top five included KFC. Another surprise. Yeah. Arby's, not Whoa. so surprising. And Duncan. I would have thought Duncan, you'd fly right through. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh. The slowest drive through was Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Seven minutes per order. How is that even pot? Like, they have like five things on their menu. It's a fucking chicken sandwich with two pickles. Like, that's their top seller. I don't get it. How hard is that to assemble? Uh, Subway, Steak and Shake were Leon's guesses. I don't see Subway at Steak and Shake anywhere. Thank you for playing. Uh, I don't think they were in the contest. Uh, so that doesn't, well, it doesn't tell the whole story. So QSR also determined that Chick-fil-A had the busiest drive through lines with an average of 3.41 cars waiting. So that was followed by McDonald's, Wendy's, Taco Bell, Burger King, and Dunkin'. 
No hmm. mention of In-N-Out, no mention of Sonic. Uh, Chick-fil-A also topped the customer service chart and its associates were rated as 91% friendly. Hmm. Interestingly, 9% were rated neutral, but zero were categorized as not friendly. That's what happens when you give them Sunday off. The only chain to have a 0% in the not friendly metric. The next friendliest were Hardee's and Taco Bell, which are both rated 79% friendly, followed by Arby's, Carl's Jr., which both had a 76% friendly rating. And finally, Chick-fil-A was the most accurate overall orders, clocking it as 92% accurate, followed by Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's, and KFC. Perhaps that just goes to prove what? That just goes to prove that you can have things fast, cheap, or done well. Good, fast, fast cheap, cheap you, two. you only get two. So Perhaps good, unsurprisingly. Like good and I don't know if Chick-fil-A is cheap, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. That's right. They're all they're all fast food. Perhaps unsurprisingly, the accuracy of orders increased by 7% when the restaurant had an order confirmation board where the customer could both see and confirm their order. Order accuracy also improved by between 11 and 18% when the speaker was both loud enough and clear enough. They don't give us the bad scores. What the? Come on. I'm going to click through the study here, Leon. I'm going to see if I can find some bad scores. That's the equivalent of getting rid of the thumbs down on Twitter or X. It's monstrous. No good on this browser. Let's bring it to another. And, and, littering and, littering and, smoking the reefer. So Chick fil A was the longest. Uh, Ah, here we go. Burger King was the worst. Satisfaction with level of service received, 85%. Uh, How would you rate the service you received on this visit? Oh, Wendy's got a 67%. David. So sad. So in the not friendly category, remember we said the not friendly category, Chick-fil-A had 0%. Mm -hmm. In the not friendly category, Wendy's was 5%. KFC was 5%. Arby's was 5%. Oh, your beloved Carl's Jr., Leon. 7% not friendly. Ooh. Don't go to Carl's Jr. unless you just care about the food. Wow. It also Uh, seems to be the most expensive these days. Mm-hmm. Duncan, Hardy's, and Arby's had the worst accuracy. <laughs> Why don't you anyway, we'll throw that, that one in the show notes. Itself. All right, that wraps up adulting. We're uh, going to see the return of a special segment. Here it is. So far, Danny, I haven't heard a single logical reason. No, no, don't accept this. It's frustrating. And we haven't cured cancer. We have not cured cancer. I don't know the answer. I'm just ranting about it. Leon, the floor is yours. Danny, because this show is packed... And I'm trying to wedge this low then here. I'm I'm going to make this quick, but it's gonna it's gonna hurt. When did it ever become socially? And how did this happen? I, that's what I want to know. This is a question and answer segment. I would like to know when did it ever become acceptable for you to play your phone on speaker in public areas? Never. No matter what the fucking thing. It's it never is. been okay. No, apparently it is because the trend is is growing out of control. I go everywhere. I don't care if you're in a library, in a bar, standing in line, a phone call rings and the person puts it on speaker. Like I care what the fuck you are talking about. Put it up to your head. Put it, I don't care about what you're talking about. I don't, these people are, are horrible. And, and it's not just phone calls anymore. That Ooh. was one thing like, okay. What is it maybe now? you're one of those weirdos or like, if I put it up to my head, I'm going to get brain cancer. Okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'll go with you on that. 
but do you really have to be the dick that's out there playing your music so that everyone has to hear it? Mm. Or uh, it's, it is, it has become, and it's not, it used to be okay. Occasionally in an outdoor space, I used to hear it and see it. You could be in line at the grocery store and these people are doing it and it's more and more common. So I'm here as a public service announcement to all the bobs out there, answer your fucking phone or use your earbuds or, but don't put it on speaker because it's the rudest shit. It's so rude. That's, that's my, that's it. That's it. I'm done. I'm done loathing. I don't have any solution for it. Wait, no. Yeah, I do. I do have a solution. Stop fucking doing it. Answer your goddamn phone for you. It's, it's a private conversation. Speaker is when you want to incorporate a group. I am not part of your group. I, the person standing in front of you, don't want to hear about what happened last night with Cindy or what a piece of crap your dad is or whatever the hell you're talking about. I don't care. And if you dare to give people a look, oh, you're immediately, what's the, what's the male equivalent of Karen? Uh, Ken, I believe. Yeah. It'd be yeah. Chet. Well, you're a Ken. How dare you? And pre- impeach on my freedoms. Oh fuck! Them. Listen. You stay if they're if they're outside. Maybe there's a little leeway outside because you can go someplace. But if you're inside, yeah, no excuse. Yeah. All right. Well, I have your support. That's one. Uh, I need a also, few more million. You could get Bluetooth headphones for ten bucks on Amazon. Sandwiches yeah. cost more than ten bucks. Thank you. It's time. Like we need to elect somebody that's going to put a stop to this. <laughs> If you, if that's the platform you're going to run on in the 2024, phone, you may. The anti-speakerphone act, the ASP, the ASP. Yes, you may have won my vote if you do that. All right. Thank you. I feel better. It is very cathartic, this segment. Well done, Leo. Good love. I'm with you. And now that we wrapped up Leon Loathes, let's close out with some happy times. This one may look familiar to you, Leon. No, is this the pumpkin guy again? This is the pumpkin guy. Oh, you did it again? No, this is a different pumpkin guy. Oh. So while I'm figuring out my issues with the ad blocker here. Okay, so I looked this up. I went back to episode 66. Mm -hmm. Episode 66, we talked about the Guinness record for a man floating down the river in a pumpkin. Mm -hmm. That was a Nebraska man. That was a Nebraska yeah. man. This is a Missouri man who broke mm. the pumpkin record from last year. And then I went back wow. before and I couldn't find anything from 2021 because we didn't start posting links for the show notes until episode 44, which was almost into January. So we missed our opportunity because we might have talked about this two Octobers ago. Nevertheless, this one is dated from October 16th. This one's in the USA Today. Very timely. Missouri man breaks Guinness world record for longest journey on a 1200 pound pumpkin vessel. (laughs) How is this a thing? Missouri man broke this year's Guinness world record for longest journey by pumpkin boat after almost 11 hours on the Missouri river in his 1200 pound pumpkin boat called Huckleberry. Mm -hmm. Steve Cuny from Lebanon, Missouri has emerged from his 38 mile journey across the river, cold, tired, but pleased with the result. <laughs> of course he is. He began his long and cold slog at 7.30 a.m. in Kansas City, Kansas, and arrived in Napoleon, Missouri at 
For those of you doing the math at home, that's 11 hours. 11. That is a one buoyant pumpkin. CUNY was joined by Paddle KC Padding Club, along with half a dozen boats to make sure that we're doing something very silly, very safely. The crew helped him keep an eye on his pace to make sure he wasn't paddling along in the dark. Being inside a carved out pumpkin is just like how you would imagine, a little cold and slimy. Based on preliminary calculations, CUNY logged a little over 39 miles kneeling inside Huckleberry. He began to plan and take concrete steps to make this voyage around February of this year, but CUNY has always had a passion for being out on the water and growing giant pumpkins. Good skill to have. Mm. CUNY worked out on the river as a teenager and got into pumpkin growing in 2020 when everyone began to pick up hobbies like gardening or making bread. He figured the distance was doable, so why not try? The gravity of the situation didn't completely hit him until he was at launch point. We're really doing this. (laughs) It wasn't when he was looking at a pumpkin the size of a... Mercedes. 1,200-pound pumpkin. How do you transport that thing? Any plans on submitting all the evidence collected to corroborate his journey, like witnesses, GPS data, timestamps, video footage, photographs, among other documentation to Guinness for verification. We're going to be taking this pumpkin and trying to sail 38 miles to set a new world record. The current record Mm -hmm. was set over 37 miles about a year ago. We're going to start at sunrise and trying to get out there and put some miles on it. CUNY shared with KCTV5 early Monday morning. Last year, if you remember from episode 66, Nebraska man Dwayne Hansen set the Guinness World Record for pumpkin paddling in his 840-pound pumpkin, breaking every previous record. Unfortunately, yeah, it must be skinny. It must be skinny. Unfortunately, Huckleberry was decommissioned after the long record-breaking journey. That's a nice way of saying we ran it over with a pontoon boat. <laughs> <laughs> no one can beat our record. <laughs> Burn the ships. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Uh, the fact that this is a thing, it's a little bit though, uh, price is righty, you mm-hmm. know, when you, when you're the second to last person and then the last person ups it by $1, that's what they're doing. We got a little minute and a half video here for you, Bob's out there. We like to post the show notes, uh, post these links in the show notes for you to follow along at home to give himself a little more stability. CUNY added in a few sandbags on the floor of the fruit, according to KCTV five, uh, interesting point here. It's technically a gourd. But you could consider a pumpkin a fruit because it has seeds. <laughs> Growing Huckleberry large enough to serve as a boat took CUNY the entire summer. Dill's Atlantic Giant is the only pumpkin species that can grow so large. Dill's Atlantic Giant. That's right, everybody. We might need to get a Dill's Atlantic Giant sponsored by the pod. <laughs> CUNY grew the pumpkin himself, picked it about two weeks ago, took it to a way off, and then carved it up. It took him about 45 minutes to scoop out everything. We test floated it before we carved it so we would know which end we wanted to be on. Once we figured that out, we marked it, made the hole at the center. We didn't get a chance to test out Huckleberry before taking it out of the water, but CUNY hoped for the best. It may take all day or it may be over in minutes. The (laughs) Paddle KC Paddling Club crew had safety measures in place to protect CUNY, like checking the water temperature, speed of the water. When other ships were coming, multiple ramp access points marked. Uh, We're hoping that we might be able to reach four and a half miles an hour. If we hope to float at three miles an hour and hit some eddies, it could take up to 12, but we don't want to be out on the river after dark. Well done, CUNY. And down at the bottom here, here's Dwayne Hansen from episode 66. You know, I feel like Dwayne, Dwayne was a pioneer. He clearly doesn't look him. as comfortable, even though he's sitting on his cooler. Yeah. He doesn't look as comfortable as CUNY does. That guy looks like he's living the life of Riley. Yeah. CUNY's, CUNY's got like an apartment. Oh, here we go. Here's a list of previous record holders. Dwayne Hansen. 37 and a half mile trip down the Missouri. Rick Swenson, 25 mile trip back in 2016 from Grand Forks, North Dakota to Oslo, Minnesota. Hmm. What? 
That's the woman with the largest mouth. Thank you, odd related advertisements. She just looked like a fish to you. Yeah, that's not okay. Mm. Small town in Illinois used to host 500 pound pumpkin boat races at their annual festival. And as for CUNY, he claims he's just a guy with a giant pumpkin and a whimsical sense of adventure. Seemed like a good enough way to spend a Monday morning. Good for him. What a great story. That's our show. You can email us at bottleofbrown at gmail.com. Give us a call, 602-529-4562. Leave a message for Danny, Leon, the Midge, Mr. Jones, or any of our special guests. Tell us what you liked or what you didn't like. We want to hear from you. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review on your podcast app and share your favorite episode with a friend. Every positive review makes it easier for others to find the show and join the Bob community. We're on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share a quiet drink with us next episode. Same brown time, same brown channel. BottleofBrown.com This place is dead anyway, man. <laughs>